Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, it's Monday morning again. It is Monday morning again, but this time we've had some nice weather this weekend. Yeah, and the sun is already poking out, and it looks like we've got sun for a few days. Yeah, well, and it's almost going to be 40, which for us, it's like, that's shorts weather right now. Yeah, for sure. It is kind of a, especially from my perspective, a be careful what you wish for thing. It's like, it feels nice, but... We kind of need the seasons to be the seasons when when we're farming. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want it to swing too far in the other direction, but I'll, and I'll, I always I'll wonder, take what we get. Yeah, so. I always wonder what like how this is gonna like change the the next season, and maybe that's because I'm like becoming a pessimist in my old age. But I'm always like, all right, so it's warm now, but is what's this gonna mean for like summer? Because yeah. it's been a pretty mild winter, so I'm always like, does this mean this summer is gonna be like? not warm or like what does this mean and I don't know if it even has anything to do with that but that's where my brain always goes yeah that's kind of the way we're wired but it's kind of like most things if you try to figure it out you're gonna end up being wrong so that's true you, you just are, have to take what you get I guess but yeah. I guess from my perspective the biggest thing is we just need the seasons to be the seasons <laughs> for sure well and was it wasn't this winter supposed to be like super cold with a ton of snow I thought so yeah and it's like this has been mild which is another reminder experience. that we shouldn't try to predict it exactly because yeah it, we just never know we yeah. never know so today will be a little bit different mm-hmm. um because i broke a rule and did not attend church yesterday <laughs> well but you had somewhere you you traveled no i know Actually, that's something I thought we could touch on a little bit is uh, church attendance. Yeah. Um, it, you know, that's something that we could get really legalistic with and or we could be really lax with. Um, but yeah, uh, yesterday uh, my family traveled to La Crosse, where I'm originally from, to attend my dad's retirement party. Yeah. And it was like, we were like, oh, should we try to go to church and then book out of there as fast as we can? And it was like, um, we kind of know our limits and we're probably going to be at each other's throats if we try to make that work. So yeah, for sure. So we weren't there. So that's going to complicate talking about yesterday's sermon a little bit. But I do think maybe for a minute, we just talk about like, how should we view church attendance Absolutely. Well, and I think it is like like you said, you always have to try to find that balance where you're not being legalistic, but you're also not just like disregarding what the Bible teaches at the same time. And so I always just go to like, what's the spirit of the the law or the rules? Because that's what I think is the biggest change from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The Old Testament was the letter of the law, which we actually find is like easier to manipulate than the the spirit of the law, which is what Jesus tried to point us to. And so that's why I always ask is like, what is the true intention of if there's a if there's a, uh, a command that we've been given, 
you know, what was the real intention? What was that supposed to lead us to? And, and to not get lost in the letter of everything. Cause that's what Jesus really kind of hit the Pharisees on is he's like, you guys are following the letter of the law, but you have missed the whole like heart of what this is. And he was very clear of like, I would much rather you get the, the intention, the spirit of it, than to follow every little letter, but not have your heart actually even understand why you're doing what you're doing. And so I think we just start with like this, this idea of don't, don't give up gathering together, consistently meet, honoring the Sabbath. You know, what is the true heart of that command that we can get our head wrapped around? How many times do you have congregants come up to you and be like, apologize for missing or something like that? Oh, all the time. And it's actually, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, as a pastor, I try to, I try to like stay connected with people, especially if I notice they're not there. I usually am like, okay, maybe there might be something going on in their life that they need prayer on. They need to talk through. So if someone's missed like a long time, um, I will try to like call. And it's just funny because that's always the first response is like, I'm so sorry, I'll come. And then it's like, no, I actually just care about what's going on in your life. But usually that is the first response every time is to apologize. And and basically they think I'm calling to yell at them. Yeah, but there is definitely a specific uh, reason for making ourselves go because obviously you can, you can like have a really solid, you know, quiet time and, and each day and be in the word and, and really connect. Um, but there's still something that you get out of, um, meeting with other believers that you miss out on if you don't go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cause we're, I mean, the Bible's clear. We're made to be a body. Like you can't do this on your own is, is as important as your individual Bible reading and prayer are. And that's hugely important. And we're doing a big push right now at our church for those things. But if you look at the design of the body of Christ, which if you're a Christian, you're a part of that, it is not designed for people to go solo. That's just not the design. And so if we try to do that, um, it's going to not go well. And so I think it's just trusting God's design for the church. Um, But that being said, I think what one of the reasons why we we need to do it is because it is hard and challenging like if if we're just saying i'm going to read my bible by myself and i'm going to pray by myself you can get locked in just very simple ways of thinking and never have your views challenged never have anybody say hey i know that you think the bible says this but have you looked over here because i think you might be misreading that it's easier to not have anybody ever challenge us, but it is good to be challenged. I mean, that's why the Bible says as iron sharpens iron and things like right. that. I also feel like there needs to be like some sacrificial component to it. And I, that sounds, that could be taken out of context. But what I mean is like, if things just become habitual and things, and, and it just comes to a point where we can just, make everything just kind of work around everything else that is a priority in our life, then there really is no sacrificial component to it. And I just feel like getting up, especially in our house, like we have to get up, we have to 
get five kids moving in the right direction. We have to get in the car in time. We have to get there in time. Like there's days where that feels like a significant sacrifice to make all that work. And then there's, there's times where there's something else going on at the same time. And it's like, well, we can't do that because we're going to church. And so we have to make that a priority. Um, And I do feel that there is something that you reap from that or, or there's places where that sacrificial kind of um, heart uh, can take us in our faith that you can't really get if you're just allowing your life to kind of dictate the way you live out your faith. Absolutely. Well, and, and we can't serve if we're not around other people. And that's one of those commands in the Bible that's super clear. Jesus is like, as I served you, you need to serve each other. And if we're never gathering together or if it's very, very sporadic, there's really no way to, to serve each other. And I think that's the that's the heart is is what what does consistency mean? Because, uh, again, we don't want to be legalistic. I, I want, especially the people of our church, I want them to take vacations. I want them to go visit family. I, I don't want them to feel like they are unable to do those things because those things are very healthy. And if you don't do them, you'll probably end up burning out at some point. But, you know, the Bible says a lot of things on, on what should happen when we gather together. And one of those things is to encourage each other, to like pour into each other. And if you haven't built that relationship, then you don't have the ability to encourage somebody. If, if you know, if someone comes up and they're like, you can do it, it's like, I don't know you. Like, you don't even know what's right. going on in my life. And without consistency, if we're just sporadically kind of there when it's convenient and we don't really get to know anybody we are unable to encourage, which is one of the, the commands that we are given. And, and one of the main reasons why we gather together is so that we can encourage each other, spur each other on. But if you don't have that, um, that relationship built with somebody, it really doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to do that. I almost think it's, it's the same on the other side of things then. So then if you have some circumstances that draw you away from the body for a week or two or whatever, a period of time. If you have, you know, in your personal life developed that um, connection with the Lord through the word and through prayer daily and stuff like that. Now, all of a sudden there's not, if you do step away from the body for a period of time, that connection isn't broken because you've got that, um, kind of part of your daily routine. And, and I even noticed like on a day like yesterday where we missed church, like there's something that is like in the background kind of nudging me, like you got to do something to connect with the Lord today. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I think it's, I want to be very careful to not be legalistic just because it's like, I hope that people come to church because they see value in it. Like I there are always going to be certain Sundays where like you said, where if we're honest, we're like I don't want to come. Like that that's always going to be the case. You could go to the best church on the face of the planet and there're going to be days where you're like uh if I'm being honest, I would rather stay home. Mm-hmm. 
that's okay. But if if week in and week out, you're only there because you feel like you're supposed to, and there's really nothing in you that that is drawing you to that, then that's a problem that you need to uh, think through of why what's going on because it, it is not healthy for somebody to week in and week out have to drag themselves to church and have no desire to be there whatsoever. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that's always my heart with people is like, if you are traveling, if you are on vacation, like no problem. Or even if like, if you're sick, like stay home, like that's, that's okay. I think where, where it becomes an issue is, is when it's like, I'll go when it's convenient, because I think that's when you start to run into a problem because, you know, Christianity at no place is convenient. So it's like as soon as you get that thought process is is my Christianity needs to be convenient, then it's like that is going to have a, a rolling effect in a lot of other areas of your faith. Right. Well, speaking of inconvenience, my kids are actually off of school today. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of them was just standing at the door and uh, they... I was hounding them all last week because we have a pile of wood that needs to get loaded onto the trailer. And of all times for them to start loading wood onto the trailer right outside of the door. Well, actually, it looks like they went to do something else. So Hey, that's all right. It'll just be some good background noise. Yeah, well, and like we said, this is not scripted. This is right. kind of we sit down and just talk. So if if that is the case, we'll just kind of let people know that's what that sound is. Um but yeah, I think again, it's it's always that that balance. And we're also post COVID, we are in a, a weird a weird situation that I think the church is having to grapple with in general, where it used to be that for you to say, I consistently go to church, that means that you go every single week. Um, and now because of um, just life, how much, how much people need to work weekends, how, how often it is that uh, families with kids both work Monday through Friday and Sundays are like one of those days that they can try to just do laundry yeah. <laughs> like to get ready for the week. It is more of like a couple times a month is consistent coming. And whether we like that or not, that is just the reality for a lot of these families who are like, this is like, this is still really hard for me yeah, to even come twice a, a month um, because of just the way that life is. And and we're, you know, even as a pastor, I'm trying to work through, you know, we're as, as a culture right now, and I don't want to get too far into this, but we're, we're in a, a place of, of the family system is, is pretty unsustainable. I mean, uh, you know, my wife and I don't have any kids, um, and that's a different discussion, but I still, with both of us having pretty demanding jobs, it's like there's times where you have to get really creative to just have clothes to wear and, like, food to eat. Mm -hmm. And so I can only imagine families that have three or four kids trying to do this. And so that's part of the reality as well as we as the church just have to grapple with for a, for quite a few families that is sacrificial even right. to be able to come a couple times a month and we need to find a way to work within that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was a good a good thing to discuss that we weren't even really planning on discussing mm -hmm. but 
Uh, so what did you talk about yesterday? Yeah. So quick recap. We, we've been taught, we, we started a new series on just uh, promises of God that we can really think through and that we can um, hold on to as like our source of stability. And so things that that we can say, all right, God, I know you've promised this to me. I might not be seeing it right now, but I can hold fast because you're faithful to do this. Um, and so we started with the promise that God gave that is, I will fight for you. You you only need to be still, or we actually looked at that more means you only need to be quiet, um, which is actually harder, I think, for most of us when we're feeling attacked. So we just talked through that that's part of life is, is we get attacked, we get betrayed, and, and it, it hurts. Um, and there, there's that instinct for us to try to fight back. When people take swings at us, we want to take swings back. And, and what this means to truly believe that God is, is going to fight for us and what our job is in that situation. So we really looked at the story of, of Moses and the Israelites with the Red Sea. I mean, because that's where that main promise is from. And we also looked at Peter in the New Testament when Jesus was being arrested and that instinct that we have, um, even when when God shows us that he is fully in control, we still want to take out our sword and start swinging um, when he hasn't asked us to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely something that we really saw um, really pronounced um, when COVID started happening and there just was a lot of uncertainty and it, and it's like that ever since then, it's been like a cascading effect in society. And it's like one thing has led to another and, and you even look at like the economy and political unrest and all of that. And I don't want to, um, belabor that too much, but there's just a lot of opportunities for people and I, I was just talking last week, we had to buy another load of firewood because I estimated, my estimation was a little bit off mm-hmm. and we keep, we burn wood in a fireplace all winter because we have an old farmhouse and it really helps. And uh, so he came and he's like, man, people are really hurting right now financially. And he's like, I, he dropped his prices a little bit just to, try to keep selling wood because people can't afford stuff like they could even a year ago. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just like, it it seems like wherever you look, there's opportunities for people to, um, just really be disheartened and for people to, um, lose hope. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I mean, kind of what you alluded to, what's hard is like social media, has made it just much easier to attack each other because it's just whether whether you admit it or not it's way easier to take a shot at a friend online than it is to look them in the face and say it um and you're also playing to more of an audience you know and that's the weird thing that social media does is is you're 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 pretending like you're talking to somebody but you're really talking to a crowd because you know everyone else is going to see it. Where when you're with somebody, it's like maybe there's a couple other people, but you're mostly just talking to that person and what you say is for them. Where when you talk on social media, you're more talking to everyone else who is going to see them and you're not really even thinking about that person. And what that has done is just made it so that we are much more prone to without thinking, without praying, 
just taking swings at each other. And especially like even people that we know and that, you know, view us as their friends. And those are the attacks that hurt the most. And those are the attacks where it's it's harder to not try to defend yourself because it's like, this is like my friend and like he's attacking me or she's attacking me and the rest of my friend group is seeing this. So like right. there's just that level of, um, wanting to defend yourself, but oftentimes, and as we've seen through this past season, when we try to defend ourselves, we make things much, much worse and things get uglier and uglier. And I think that's why it's so important to trust this idea of God's going to fight for you. He'll defend you. I mean, the Bible talks about Jesus pleading our case, like being our lawyer. There's so many references to this idea of, you know, if you have a good lawyer, that's what he's going to tell you is like, you be quiet. Like, let me talk. Like, you're not going to help this at all. Like, the more you say, the worse this gets. And that's what a good lawyer is going to tell you. And I believe that's what Jesus is saying. Like, be quiet. Because that's what it, when when God says that to Moses, you need only be still. It's, you need to be quiet. Like, that's, let me fight for you. You need to be quiet. And sometimes it's the more we talk, the worse we make things for ourselves. It's almost as if, all of society has been in survival mode for a long time. And when you're in survival mode, you're kind of geared up to be on defense like that. Yes. And that's what we're seeing right now. And, and so you see it with, like you were describing confrontations between people, but you also just see it in the way People respond to turmoil in their own life. Yeah. And it's just really interesting. And and it is, um, it's kind of the way that we're geared as humans. Like you, you have to somehow develop a way to slow down and think about something if you really want to handle it wisely because your first instinct is always to do something unwise. Oh, for sure. Well, and and like you said, I think, and like you said, I don't want to get too far into this, but like there's a lot of like what we consume as far as media and things like that, that have learned that about ourselves, that we are fast to feel like someone's going to take from us. Like that is part of our instincts is to protect from someone taking from us. And so I believe a lot of if you just watch TV or media or even scroll on your phone and you see those things, they're playing on that part. And they're constantly telling you this person is your enemy. And if you don't you know, stop them, they're going to take this, this and this. And so we're always living in that fear of someone's going to take something from me if I don't fight, if I don't stop them. And that's just a very unhealthy place for our brains to constantly live. Um, But like you said, then it's like they can kind of get us to do what they want us to do and whoever they is, I'm not going to get into that. But it's like, if they can do that, then it's like, hey, you need to, you need to do what I tell you to do. Because if you don't, they're going to take this from you and that from you and they're coming to get you and it's just part of it is just understanding that that's an instinct we have that can be manipulated and that's when we slow down and we stay quiet and we kind of go through the process of letting God sort those things out Um, that allows us to make much wiser decisions and to not be manipulated nearly as much 
Well, and it seems like the longer we let that go unchecked, the the more we end up in a place of like forgetting the truth. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, if, if you kind of live in that space or for any period of time, you start seeing everyone as the enemy, even people who you're close to, people who you love. You, you could start having turmoil within your home and it's not even necessary, but it's, it's just because you've been allowing that to go unchecked for so long. And then the other thing is, is like I always, and I'll probably say this way too many times on this podcast, but I always say like our testimony is also for us. Mm-hmm. It's not just for other people. It sometimes when we come into a moment of turmoil, all we have to do is look back at the things that we've survived in the past to realize this is going to be okay. Yeah. But we easily forget that. Oh, for sure. Well, and you, what, what you said we actually talked about on Sunday is the idea of, you know, we looked at Peter, you know, chopping off that guard's ears, and it's like that guard wasn't the real enemy. Like right. that, but that's what happens when we start swinging is we end up hitting people that were had nothing to do oh. with anything. And that's what's so great about having God fight for you is he he truly knows who the enemy is. His, you know, fighting is precise. He doesn't have random casualties, but we do. When we just start swinging cuz we're mad, there you know, it's almost guaranteed you're going to hit people that had nothing to do with it. And now you are the one attacking others. Like you, you have now just moved it forward. And I mean, the other thing too that we talked on is this idea of fighting. It's like the enemy doesn't actually have to win the fight. If the enemy just gets you to fight when you're not supposed to, he wins. And that's why if you look at Exodus, he says, tell the people to move on. Keep going where I've told you to go. Don't let this attack stop you from what you're supposed to do. And we talked about Nehemiah on the wall where it was like his enemies were just trying to get him to come down. So they were throwing threats, we're gonna do this. And if he would have taken that bait to like, well, I'm gonna be attacked, I better go fight this battle. He would have had to stop doing what he was called to do. But instead he was like, nope, what I'm doing is too important. I'm not gonna get down off this wall to fight you. I'm gonna let God take care of that. And that's the other thing to know about the enemy is like he will he'll get you to fight battles because he knows he doesn't even have to win. As yeah. soon as you fight, you've lost. And we we sometimes like to I don't know if romanticize is the right word, but we really like to give him more credit than maybe what he deserves. Like yeah. we we sometimes talk about him like he is like this expert, like coming up with this game plan, like he has a specific plan. I don't know that that's always the case. It seems like sometimes he's just firing a shotgun, hoping it hits something. And sometimes it's like collateral damage that is the worst. So like how many times do we have a chip on our shoulder toward our wife Mm -hmm. because of nothing that she did, but something else going on in life. And it's like, that's a, that's a tactic of his as well is to attack other things because he knows we're going to, take out the frustration on others who don't even deserve it. I do it to my kids all the time. They end up being the, on the receiving end of my frustration towards something else in life. And Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with them. 
Absolutely. Well, and I always say, and I, I've, I've, I found out that I've been playing Jenga wrong my whole life because apparently once you touch a block, that's supposed to be the block that you take out. We always played as kids that you were able to kind of tap. Like, like yeah. And I, I really believe that that's what the enemy does. He just comes and he just taps different areas of our life and just sees what moves. And then when he sees that something moves, it's like, ooh, okay, now I can stay here and really mess with this. And that's why it's so important for us to like truly work out our faith and, and be intentional. Cause that's, I don't, I, I think that that's truly how the enemy works is he just kind of comes and taps and just what's, what's weak? What, what can I really mess with? And just like Jenga, it's like, but if I can get the right thing, there'll be collateral damage. Cause if you topple over, you're gonna obviously hurt the people around you. And I think that that's what's so important to know, like to have a baseline be God fights my battles. Now, if God commands me to fight, cause there are times in the Bible, then I will, but have my initial like response to be, I don't need to fight this battle. I need to keep doing what I know God has called me to do. That's where he's like, tell the Israelites to move on. Keep going. I've already told you where to go. Let me fight this battle. Um, but unfortunately for most Christians, our default is someone attacked me. I'm swinging. And maybe I'll listen to say if God tells me to stop eventually. But to have our default be, I know God's going to fight this for me. And I just need to keep doing what I know he's already called me to do. Um, and I think if we did that, it would really, really improve how our lives go as Christians. So I'm trying to think of how to boil that down into like a take home for someone. I, I my first stab as at it would be um, to just remember what we know, like remember the truths, like, and that's still pretty vague. But it's like for me, like I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I have this job that I know that I'm supposed to do. I've got this farm and this piece of land that I am to manage. Um, like those are pretty specific things and any kind of turmoil or anything that comes in that upsets any kind of rhythm in my life, I can either allow it to dictate everything that goes on for a period of time, or I can stop and just reiterate those truths to myself and say, these are the things that I've been given that are in my control that I'm supposed to steward well. And this thing that is bogging me down right now isn't really, doesn't fit in that category. And so there's only so much I can do about it. Yeah, and I and think so then I need to just lean on the truth that, that God is here uh, to be my helper and there, again, there's only so much I can do about it. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes we just spend way too much time fixated on that thing. Mm -hmm. And then we just forget to j allow God to take it. Absolutely. I, I think that that's a perfect way. I mean, for me, I just, I think, I think Nehemiah is just such a great example of just don't come down off the wall. If, if in order to to do something, you have to, you have to stop what you know you're supposed right. to be doing. Just don't trust that God's not going to call you to do something that contradicts what he's already called you to do. So right. if, if there's a battle that requires you to come down off the wall, 
don't do it and just trust that you you don't have to. And I think not we could have a whole other conversation about this, but one thing that could be argued as, well, what if God is asking me to do something different in life? Mm-hmm. That does happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think most of the time it doesn't, it's not like all of a sudden, bam, right. I'm asking you to do something different. Sometimes it is, right. but most of the time it's like, you're starting to see the writing on the wall that yeah. the season of this one thing is ending and yeah. and here's this other thing. Yeah, and it's probably not going to come from a place of anger and hurt and wanting to get even with someone who's attacked you and things like that, you know, and I think that's where we need to be careful and that's where especially with fighting it's like well this person attacked me and I'm I'm hurt and I'm angry and I you know, I want to defend myself and and that's probably those aren't great motivations for us to change what right. we're what we're doing. And that's yet another reason to just be in the word every single yeah. day and yeah. in prayer every day because then when those situations do come up, you can have confidence that you're not being led astray. Yeah. But if you're not there, it it is very possible for you to end up off in some direction that you never intended to be. Absolutely. I think that's well said. I think that's well said. So well, I think we're about at that time. Do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. And I'll just say, hopefully we didn't pick up too much of the background noise. It looks like they got, per usual, they got distracted from loading firewood and they started shooting hoops. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably something I would have done at their age too. So, all right. Well, we said this is real life. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for this day and for this week. And I just pray for all the listeners that um, they will just see that uh, faith in you is not complex and it is simple. And that is our goal here. And we just hope that um, we do it justice and that we honor you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.